Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. Okay, well, welcome back to This Creative Life this week, and we've got a really special guest joining us, um, the lovely Kate Von Rock from Von Rock Auctions and uh, House Creative is a qualified printmaker, and she's also uh, currently doing a lot of work in painting, I think more so painting even these days. So Kate's based down in Tasmania in Australia. Welcome to This Creative Life, Kate. Thanks, Felicity. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you. And we were just before we started recording, we were laughing about the fact that your husband is a avid podcast listener. And did you say he's quite envious that you're the first of the two of you to be interviewed for a podcast and not him? Yes, he's, <laughs> he's very upset with me about it. He's an excellent <laughs> musician and he listens to musicians' podcasts constantly. And he knew, he just knew he was going to be the first, but it didn't happen. Uh. Very put out. (laughs) Go the girl artists. That's what I say. (laughs) So um, let's, you know, we just wander through a kind of a journey and and on this podcast and um, find our way with hearing about your story as an artist and all the interesting things you're up to because, as, as I said in the introduction, you have a number of kind of really interesting creative business aspects to what you do, which is why I was super keen to interview you. Um, but let's, if we can, wind right back to where you first became an artist or do you feel you were born an artist or how did that all start in your early life? Just tell us a little bit about that story, Kate. I, I would definitely say I was born an artist. My mother's an artist and my dad's a writer and there's many, many siblings, but I was the only one that really showed any artistic aptitude from a a young age. But around 13 or 14, I started um, noticing my drawings going missing and mum had pinched them and entered them into local art competitions. And so I started winning these little awards and I realised that there's something that can be done with this. It's not just something you can do hidden away in your room. Um, and she was fantastic. She really pushed the business side of it and established what it was to be an artist down to using, you know, the, the quality materials, not only your design work and who you are as a person going into it, but that the practical side of it as well. So I've been really lucky. I've sort of, it's been formulated since the beginning of my life, I believe, just the exposure wow. to it. Wow, that's just just beautiful. Yeah, I'm lucky. so you really they're very, very lucky. Yeah, because not everybody kind of gets a start like that, do they? As we know, no, all the support either from their parents from a young age to be really pursuing it. Mm, mm. So it feels like you you knew that was part of your identity from from the beginning. Yes, mm. yeah, it really was. Mm. It's a really it's a it's a place of solace for me. It's always, I, I grew up in a large family, so it was one of those things that I could always sort of disappear and just have that time alone myself beautiful so you did you did a lot of art at school and then did you go on I know you're a qualified printmaker but how tell us about how the story unfolded in terms of what happened with your art education I I just when I left year 12 I just decided clearly I was going to pursue it and interestingly mum said try and avoid university because it's all about 
taking what you know but turning it into something else. And she said they're going to ruin that natural progression, which looking back was clearly just her perspective on things. But I ended up going to TAFE and doing um, printmaking mm-hmm. instead of going mm-hmm. to university. And I found that was very suited to me anyway because I'm not highly academic but I'm incredibly practical and I like enjoy doing things with my hands. So TAFE really provided that mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So when, when were you at TAFE? Beg your pardon? When, when were you at at oh, I think seventeen or eighteen, so who oh. knows? Who knows what year it was? Okay, a long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, tell me what happened over that time? Were you, you you're into printmaking, and tell me about. Do you remember much about the experience and what happened? I do, I do. It was it was really liberating. It was lovely to sort of just be placed in an adult arts environment and just meet other people locally in the field that ranged from beginners like myself, but also people who've had their measure of success that had a lot of wisdom to pass on to me. It was mm. um, really, really valuable. Mm. One of what the best enough- things I've ever done. Yeah, right. That's awesome. So so printmaking became the major thing, but what happened? You finished that course and what worked? Yeah, I finished that course and then uh, I went on to do a small business course because mm. I decided that, okay, I have the skills now. What am I going to do with them? Can I just, I can't just sit around and do, I can't just paint and do nothing with it. So I thought, well, I've got what mum passed down to me as far as, you know, entering competitions and and holding exhibitions. By this stage, I'd had probably two exhibitions of my work. Mm -hmm. Um, One I'd done before starting tape and the other directly afterwards. And then I went on to do the business course to really just make sure I knew how to put it all down in paper, handle the financial side of it, all of those sorts of things. So I did that. Yeah, yeah that's quite forward thinking because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of artists that would um, feel that that was like, well, it is, isn't it, the opposite side of the brain? Yes, <laughs> they do. But, and it, look, it wasn't hugely, it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest thing because I had a creative mind and I wasn't used to really knuckling down and working on things that I found uninteresting like maths. and <laughs> like n- Numbers, I knew you were going to say that, yes. Yes, the numbers every time. But... I did understand that if I if I wanted it to be my life, then I was going to have to follow that path. Wow! So you, there, there was a, a little bit of entrepreneurialism right back then. Yeah, I've always been shocking for seeing a bit of opportunity. It's terrible. <laughs> I think that's terrible. I'm the same. I think it's awesome because you know the thing about business is I, I don't know. I'm sure you you probably feel the same, but I, I feel like it's just one of the most creative processes I, I could be engaged in. It's a really beautiful challenge, isn't it? Just to sort of have it all laid out in front of you and see what you can piece together. It's just I find it like a giant puzzle. It's one of the, the joys in life for me. Yeah. Well, fantastic. What what incredible foresight as a, as a young woman out of TAFE to go from TAFE, a creative degree or to create a course, into, into a business course is quite, I think that's quite extraordinary actually. There's not many it's- artists that I've met that have done that. No, and I think because I'd had a few shows, mostly because I'd seen my mother exhibit and I'd been taken to a lot of galleries and and seen a lot of shows. So Mm. I wanted to experience that. And then once I had, I realised that there were just pieces missing that I really just didn't fully grasp. Mm. And I needed to put those into perspective. I knew if I was going to keep doing it. So I did that and it really, it did help. It helped with the side of things that, um, you know, just with tax and all of those things that we, you don't think of as a young person most of the time. 
Certainly, that's that's so true. I mean, can we just dig into that a little bit? Because I mean, yeah. I think this would be interesting for some of our listeners that are artists to to think here. Yeah, what what am I missing? Like, okay, well, tax is one thing, but maybe there's things along the lines of marketing and things like that. Do you, did you get much information? Had what was it that really made some difference to you as an artist learning the business skills? Well, it was interesting because I was brought up in Tasmania and I was in Devonport, which is not a huge place. I think at the time there was probably around 28,000 members of the community. There was It's not a, a big city, it's a small city. So getting noticed was the biggest issue I think most artists have. Yes. I didn't have that problem because I was young, I was out there, I had creative friends. So we'd all just band together and we did art fanzines, so they were really fun. And we'd do crazy promos and we'd just illegally tape them everywhere we'd just be gluing all the time so we would just it didn't it just didn't take much in a small town to get noticed so we started there do you mean with those like graffiti ask just little guerrilla marketing techniques really <laughs> oh gorgeous how funny oh youth you just feel invincible don't you <laughs> <laughs> see what you were going around and literally posting up things gluing and, and sticky taping yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, well that's definitely the, one way to get noticed, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And we got the attention of the papers quite quickly. And then mm-hmm. I had a bit of a deviation, of course, and decided that um, I wasn't happy with how things were running within the community and decided to run for council. And I think at this stage I was probably 19, 20. Wow. <laughs> I decided I'd run for local government to try and see some changes in the lack of arts because our commu- entire community is just built off like farming basically. I'm guessing that you would have been roughly, what, 40 years younger than, than most of the yeah. members of council? Yeah. <laughs> but people loved it. They just, they, everyone got, I was 11 votes off in the end getting in. Oh, goodness me. Hey. That's But incredible. we managed to knock off, I think, four of the old guys with a new candidate. <laughs> we saw that as a success at the time, me and my rabble. <laughs> oh, Devonport rocks. That is so cool. Okay. Oh, so what's like, um, yeah. So tell me, tell me what happened then. Keep going because we talked well, about the business and, and you noticed. That, like, so yep. using that experience, obviously I met a lot of people around who were, you know, in, in council, in government, in, you know, people that were seen as people of importance. So once you develop a rapport with those people, it, marketing becomes a lot easier. Mm. And, and just simply the word of mouth and the, the local papers, those small things, you build up enough of those and you start to get noticed. So within three years of doing that, I was invited to apply for um, the Young Australian of the Year Awards. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, I know. I was two years in a row, actually, which was great. And I, I didn't win, but I got runner-up on both. I got in the top seven on both. So that was really nice. So people started to notice even more from that point. And then I, rem- I applied for an art scholarship. And this was a this was a bit of a, a, a life changey kind of moment. I applied for the Brett Whiteley Art Scholarship mm-hmm. and sent that all through, spent days and days, most focused I think I've ever been, putting together my application for this scholarship because I thought this is great, I can get out of Tassie, I can go to Sydney, I can do these things that I can be where the real action is. And um, I didn't get it but I received a phone call saying, we would have liked to have considered you for this scholarship but you don't have a university degree so we can't and I I remember just feeling it like a slap in the face and thinking actually it just got my back up I became enraged I was like how wrong 
how completely and fundamentally flawed is that that when somebody with a, a talent and a, and a gift and the drive and the momentum mm-hmm. to achieve isn't allow, allowed to because they didn't follow a path that somebody else designed, mm-hmm. which to me goes against all creativity and all artist's purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I um, didn't go to university. Mm-hmm. And I just continued on and I worked harder and I worked harder and I started to win more awards and I started to um, make more sales. I sold my first painting at 17 mm. um, and continued on that path, just entering competitions, having exhibitions. I think I'm 39 now and I've had 46 exhibitions. Oh, my goodness. That's rather extraordinary. <laughs> so you, 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 you know, you've been prolific and, you, and do you, are you still working at the same level in terms of production well no that slowed slightly about seven years ago after having my first baby Mm -hmm. Um, but it hasn't stopped at all Mm. I can't live without it's what I do it's who I am there's always a sketchbook in my bag (laughs) yeah oh that's awesome I mean it's when it's integral to your your authenticity to your identity then it's you know it's a difference between a hobby and a passion isn't it you know yeah that's right you, you like doing a hobby you enjoy a hobby and a hobby's good but when That's you have right. a passion, it's a must. You absolutely must and, you know, you can't live without that. So you clearly got quite a lot of passion uh, around this this whole creative life and, and your work. Because there. that's what it is. It's not, I've realised, even though I made some sensible decisions younger on art business, I realised that the life itself is a completely different thing. Mm. It encompasses who you are and, it, and it's part of your decision-making in your everyday life. You live it. Mm. You do live it. You do live it. Mm. Tell us about how you live it. Tell us more about how that's integrated into your life now. Um, well, I guess it's just, well, I don't know. It's so ingrained it's hard to sort of dissect it from from who I am. I'm just, it's, it becomes, it's habit forming. You know, you start on this path and it's, and it's almost addictive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I so don't know. It's a, that's a difficult one to sort of explain. Yeah, I mean, is it? Rather than what it, you've become. Okay, yeah. And so you, you would be somehow sort of making some contact with that part in yourself, that creativity. I mean, apart, living apart business, because we'll talk about that in a sec, because you've yeah, got some really yeah. fantastic sort of creative business things happening. But just in your own process, your own work as a, as a painter or printmaker, would you be having some sort of contact with that within yourself every day? And that doesn't mean you produce your work, does it, every day? But would oh, you, yes. You touch every base day. with that part of yourself every day. Yeah. Yep, without right. fail. Right. Whether right. it's just YouTubing a tutorial or lying on the couch with my kids drawing together or whatever it is, that it's there all of the time. Mm. Whether I'm teaching other people, I do a lot of teaching, I run a lot of workshops. So it's it's always just a part of my thought process. Mm. And you you learn to see the world so differently. Seeing in light and shade and color and tone and balance and <laughs> yeah, you do the way you set out your fruit bowl, your bunch of flowers, even the dinner on the on the plates. It's <laughs> become second nature. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? You have a sensitivity <laughs> or a sensibility, maybe is a better word for. Yeah, um, that's right. Mm, mm. So you're juggling family, your own creative yes. process, uh, and then business has then been this kind of beautiful 
parallel thread, hasn't it? Because it's a creative yes. business that you're involved in. And I was really excited to, to kind of touch base with you again and find out where your creative businesses have, have gone. Because there's two, I think if I've got this right, there's sort of two main pillars. Um, you have Von Rock Auctions and you have yes. House Creative. So do you want to just sort of walk us through what they are and what you do? Yes. So after having children in particular, I found it harder and harder to get out as often as I would like to sell the work that I was doing. And, of course, I think like most people that have extra time on their hands, I was faffing around on Facebook an awful lot. And I realised <laughs> what a beautiful selling platform. Everyone was gathered there. Everyone was already there meeting every day. So I thought I've got boxes of unsold work out in the studio. So it gave me um, this motivation to just start sorting through all my old work, sketchbooks, stuff that I hadn't sold at markets for years and then newer work that I'd been working on it. And I thought, I might just set up a little auction page and just try and shift some of this work because it's not doing it's not going anywhere. I haven't got the time right now. I've got a newborn child. What am I going to do with it all? Mm. Um, and I just added 300 of my contacts and buyers because by this stage in my life I'd, I had quite an established buyer base. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went really well. So it was just basically just little works on paper and little mat boards and we made, I, thought, I don't know, I made like $1,200 or something over these two days just on just bits and pieces basically. And it was lovely. It was this oh, little flush of pocket money that came through. And then my mother, who's an artist, decided that she thought that looked quite appealing and threw mm-hmm. a heap of work at me and I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'll do that for you. And then it just progressed from there. We just built it up and more and more people showed interest wow. um, because they were making money. They didn't have work just sitting around anymore. Those things that you do when you're you're outside soaking up the sun and doing beautiful work in your sketchbook, all of that is something that other someone else will find beauty in and valuing. Mm, mm. So we How thought amazing. How amazing. So you basically we just did sort of a clean-up. <laughs> um, pretty much. Pretty much. But that's where I realized the need was there. Mm. we've all got it the artists we all of us if those of us who are working every day because it's part of who we are should have 50 sketchbooks <laughs> you know just filled, yeah. ideas, you know, map drawers that are filled with samples and ideas and things that we've tried and maybe they're not our um premium works they're not our gallery pieces but they hold value and they hold beauty mm. and they've got something that other people will relate to mm-hmm. so I guess I'm trying to share not only the primary pieces, but I want to share those thoughts and those they, those day-to-day moments that the artists have with everybody. Yes, yeah, because that's that's really sharing your story, isn't it? It is. It is. You get such a you get a really fantastic, well-rounded understanding of of the artist. And I know that people want to engage with the artist. They want to know the artist when they're buying their work. And it's hard online. Mm. Mm. I often talk to my um, you know my artists that I'm coaching about thinking about it in terms of what you're sharing as thinking yeah. about actually documenting like you you know documenting the journey documenting the story um and, which is another way that facebook is amazing isn't it because right. it gives these pages and we that's can do right. that and people can just follow through and it's amazing facebook and i think really you know i'm a strong one for instagram um yes and and a quick shout out to all my 
awesome Insta followers. I've just hit over 8,000 yeah. followers today, oh, so that was a bit of a milestone. Great. And I, I just, thanks. And I just think that's just such, they're, they're just perfect platforms for us to, to share our stories. And, you know, what you're doing right now as we're chatting, you know, is sharing this, wow, I had all this work and then I need to shift it and my life was shifting and it needed yep. that sort of new chapter and, and so it went on on gathering you, it was you, mum, couple of friends, and then what's what's in <laughs> Von Rock Auctions, because you've got a kind of a really such a cool name, Von Rock Auctions, how did that all, how did it become at the, the scale that, that it now is? Just word of mouth, people adding their friends. So the artists who, artists who joined and decided to hold an auction, they would add their contacts and buyers. And so in the end, we just pull and share all of those art-loving people that we've gathered over the year and over the years. And I knew for myself it was a pretty big sacrifice because I'd worked hard to get those collectors. I'd worked hard to get those buyers. And initially mm-hmm. I was a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. But then when I realised that once we, we lose that ego and we start nurturing each other and giving to each other, we all benefit. And the art's That's beautiful. Yeah, it really folds together as a whole. You know, we can support each other that way. So we've built a really beautiful group and we work, I work uh, really well with all of the artists. We all connect very, very well and we make sure that the artists that we do support share the same values and share the same standards as each other. So we basically anyone who's too difficult, too egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> too difficult, right, out there, out there, go. Because I'm busy, I have uh, my husband's a musician and runs his own business, and I've got two mm. business, two children, and it's it's a very busy life. So we we cut out the dead weight and we keep it clean. We keep it beautiful for everybody. Oh, that's superb! And so then, what happens is what you you have a whole mailing list of people that become aware of. Just just walk, walk us through how do they well, become aware of what you got? And we we avoid email. We try and keep it purely on Facebook. Oh, okay. At this point. Um, I don't know about you, but I find my email just gets so congested that I miss things. I try and mm. keep it streamlined, but I don't keep on top of it. I don't want to become another piece of spam in someone's um, inbox mm. Mm. yet. Mm. Mm. Not until I've got more. We've got, when we have more to offer, that will, we will evolve it, but not until it's done right. I, can't, I, don't, I don't want to put anything out that it's substandard. Yes, very wise, very wise. And and presenting yourself professionally, you know, does Absolutely. a whole lot for you business-wise, whatever business you're in. Professional is so, really important, but as yeah. is, I think, that uh, personal interaction with the buyers and personal interaction with, with everyone. We've got a really warm and beautiful community, which I think is what makes it so appealing. Everyone can interact with each other, the buyers, the, the sellers, the artists, the admin, everybody. So it's even playing field. Everyone enjoys it, I think. Okay, and so all that sort of conversation connection happens purely on Facebook. So mm. all, your, all your buyers, all your collectors and all your artists are all in there. That's amazing. That's what a great model. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's good. The one thing, the one thing I, I, I do have to be really cautious of is someone seeing work that they like and then going sort of outside of the group to message the mm. artist to try and get a better deal. That's happened quite a bit. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Yeah, how do you get around that problem? I'll just I'll, I'll remove the member from the page. Okay, pretty straightforward. It's, then it's like really play by the rules or don't play. <laughs> well, there's rules, unfortunately. <laughs> that yeah. That's business. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sort of um, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you know, it's not going to be a sustainable thing. It's going to cut cut you out. It's going to cut your business down, which means you are not going to be able to keep it going if 
if people do. Well, that's things. right, and and I do believe that I, the generosity of adding my um, my core group of buyers that I'd worked hard for, yes. there's a price for that, and that's loyalty. We we work together. At no point <laughs> do I say they can't be with any other gallery or any other selling yeah. platform. It's just that one thing mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm really strict on. Yeah, and and you know I think I find similar to what you've found that that. The huge majority, like probably 98% of the artists I deal with and work with and support um, are just incredibly open, loyal, mm. you know, yep. enthusiastic, happy to help kind of people. I, yep. I, whether I've just got this kind of biased audience, I don't know, but I I've, don't find I actually come across hardly any of that egotistical, jealous yeah, you know, it's out there, but it just doesn't seem to come into my energy fields, and, and I'm guessing you might be a bit, bit similar in that way. So there's yeah, plenty of really great, generous, loyal artists to work with, isn't there? I mean, yes, there's no shortage. Absolutely. There's just no shortage of that. So the others can just piss off, really, because we've got plenty of great people. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, tell us. I love. I love the whole Von Rock auction thing, and people, I'm assuming, can just find you on Facebook by going to that Kate Von Rock. If you just search Von Rock Art Auctions and Sales, you'll find us. Great. So it's V-O-N-R-O-C-K, auction sales. Great. Fantastic. Art auctions. Art auctions. Great. Fantastic. So it's a group, so you just search groups. It'll be right there. Fantastic. I'm sure there'll be plenty of listeners that will be hunting that that down because it sounds a really great thing to be part of. Tell us about the other arm to to what you're doing, the House Creative. Tell us about that. So House Creative, I was, was, yeah, so... We've generated quite a bit of extra work for the artists through Von Rock Art Auctions and Sales. So we're getting to the point where a lot of the local artists in particular were being sought out and needed, they wanted somewhere to have their exhibitions. They wanted somewhere to show the work in the flesh where people could go and see it with their eyes properly rather than seeing it online. And, you know, not you just don't know 100% when you see something online. Mm-hmm. It looks good, but they were finding that there were, was a percentage of people that wanted to see it in the flesh. So I thought I need a space where I can run my art workshops and teach my lessons because my home studio was really getting too small. Uh, so I started looking for a venue where we could do those things in particular. Um, and we found one, which is a beautiful building from I think it's 1880. It used to be mm. one of the local schoolhouses that had been moved to the local showgrounds here. And we got an excellent deal. And so we painted it out. It's so old, most glorious windows, beautiful, beautiful building. Wow. We cleaned it up, got rid of the spiders. No one, has wanted, no one wants it. It's, <laughs> it's the most gorgeous heritage building. It just no one wanted it. We couldn't believe oh, it. Oh, goodness. So we got it for a steal and we set up shop and now we've got this gorgeous space where we have all kinds of arts things in the end. It's turning into a bit of an arts and culture venue rather than just visual arts, which is wonderful. Mm. Blown out. We've got a flamenco guitar and Spanish poetry event happening next week, and we've got a book launch happening the week after that. We've got all kinds of really cool things that are going through that just encapsulate the arts as a whole and not just the visual arts, which is really fun. Mm. Okay. Does your husband have yeah. a, a, a gig in there? Has he got as a musician? Is he, he part of I something? Just, I put him to work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I need entertainment. But the best thing is is that we've been running an arts market over the warmer months and um, it's been fantastic because we've been able to recruit all of the young performers to come in and busk for us and obviously that's paid. I, I never make any artist work for free. So they come in and they can busk as well as get a bit of cash from us 
And then we ran a, a busking competition and they got to perform. They got a gig out of it, like the winner got a gig. And in oh, the end cool. we gave the gig to like most of them. We just oh. paid them all to perform because <laughs> we were just like, we're suckers for talent. We just love to see these these up-and-coming emerging artists, whether it's so, visual arts, performing arts, visual arts. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. So if, if you're anywhere near Devonport, Devonport this is, is where your building is? Yes. Right. So if you're anywhere near there or you're passing through uh, and uh, you're interested in any of these things, it sounds like Hus Creative is, is a must-stop, a must-stop. How do they actually find you? If they get to Devonport, they find Devonport to start with, they find, find you, We're at the Devonport Showgrounds on Gun Street and you will see a right. giant board out the front and a House Creative sign mm-hmm. with everything listed on it that we're doing. Oh, that's just incredible. What a beautiful adjunct to to everything we've talked about, you know, your own creativity, your business skills, Von Rock auctions. That just sounds such a perfect kind of piece in in what you're putting together. It's really nice. It it is a really, really nice venue. It's got a beautiful warmth to it. The people come in to the exhibition openings or the events and they just, they don't want to go. They sit Mm. and they nest in and they just say, do we have to leave? And that to me is the most rewarding (laughs) thing. We're presenting them with the arts and they want to stay and just absorb it, continue absorbing it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and how inspiring to be around that when you see things flourishing like that, isn't it? It's just so inspiring. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, yep, it is the best. The, I, I have a question that, that I sometimes throw my listeners, uh, not my listeners, but my, <laughs> my guests about success and failure because yes. One of the things that you have no doubt been through numerous times as an artist and as a business person is rejection or failure. And I'm, oh, I'm, rejection. Oh, it's a horrible, <laughs> horrible, scarring thing. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we can get to a point where it's not scarring. I guess that's no, the this idea. is but, right. This is but right. What I'm, I'm take, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, completely well, well, healed from my experience. So. <laughs> When, I think, let me see how long ago, it must have been 12 years ago, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, about 12 years ago, not long after I met my husband and he kidnapped me from the island and took me to Melbourne. <laughs> I had loaded my studio, loaded everything into the two cars and, and off we went. I decided this is this is great. I can start entering competitions in a new state, start building a new name for myself, you know, really start taking on the art world so the first thing I did was go where's the next art competition and I just finished this piece which that I thought was amazing mm-hmm. called the prayer which is now actually my Von Rock logo for branding for everything that I do mm-hmm. um, and I entered it in the I think it was the Williamstown art competition in Melbourne so it was quite a big competition not the biggest but but it was a, a big one for the area and I got my very first knockback mm-hmm my very first one, I think I, I was 20, 28, 20, I was like, wow. No. I, I literally, I, what I'd realised is everything I'd been propelling towards, everything, all the what I thought were clever decisions, I, I finally got that reality hit that what I do is not for everyone. What I do isn't always going to blow people away. I, I just, I had to come to terms with the fact that and, and believe me, I hadn't, I hadn't had a lot of re- artistic rejection in my life to that point. I'd had some, but mm-hmm. this was the biggest, the, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I, I think I actually, I went within myself for days 
and days. And Brad, my husband, was very concerned because I'm quite vivacious and quite out there most of the time. And I, I just I couldn't understand why. And it took a lot of, you know, internal reflection. I had a, a lot of time to sort of think about about it. And, and when I emerged thinking that it was okay, it took days, but mm-hmm. once I'd wrapped my head around the fact that art is is subjective and that I wasn't always going to win. And I know this all sounds really basic and really juvenile, <laughs> but it was something that I just hadn't experienced before and I experienced it later in life after I'd already developed a flow and a pattern. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was really sobering and it was really grounding as well. And since then I've been rejected from probably 40, 45. <laughs> Gee, you're doing well. <laughs> real world. I hit the real world. And the real world, it's so outside of our own minds. But the best bit is, is that along with those rejections, I've gained personal growth. I've gained mm. richer, a richer artwork for sure. Like every, whenever you hit a new period of personal growth, you'll see it reflected in the work that you do. Mm. And I did have later that year after that very first rejection, it forced me back into my studio and I worked harder, <clears throat> I think, than I've ever worked. I quit my day job. I was working at the, um, I'd gotten a job at the Melbourne City Council as their archivist and I was working, handling the city records, which gave me heaps of time for creative thought with a mundane job. And I mm-hmm. quit that and I went full-time into my art and I had my first inner city Melbourne exhibition and sold out the entire show. And I think wow. they were all three $4,000 pieces. I deliberately, I went, that rejection's not going to stop me from success. I bumped my prices up by about 300%. Okay. Which you kind of have to because in Tassie, they're just kind of, everyone's cruisy. It's like, oh, well, they were then. It's like, yeah, 30%, no worries, that's your prices. In Melbourne City, it was a completely different story. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yep, yeah. and they sold. Mm. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I just I I found this awesome little gallery and everything sold and I was mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. But I, I walked a tightrope for a while there. My confidence took a, a big hit and I, I wasn't sure that I was a I, I could do it anymore. So you had you had moments of uh, understandably, you know, kind of adjusting your, your confidence level and, and questioning and, and then... self doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I did? I hit that um, Australian Idol thing. You know when everyone auditions and no one in their family's ever told them that they're terrible? <laughs> That's what yeah. I thought had happened. This is where my mind went. Oh, my God. I was like, I've always been terrible. People only responded because I'm mad. Like what? This is, oh, they liked dear. me, not my work. Like, and it was all of those thoughts. You know, my, my self-confidence took a massive hit, but I, I had to adjust to I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it for me. Why did I care? When, at what point had I gotten into that pattern that this was for them? Mm. The art was for me and once I refuelled and I put myself back into it, that's, that's when things really started changing and started happening. And the beautiful thing is that piece now, that artwork, and the reason it's my branding is because of that experience. Right. It reminds me. Right. Wow. So there was a point, although we went into that sort of the, the, the deep kind of hurt and, and, and rejection and self-doubt and lack of confidence, that something happened where you found a turning point in yourself yeah. to, to push through that. Yeah. 
yeah what, it was, think, it was, what do you think that what do you think that was I mean what, what if we can just dig into that a little bit because I think often artists uh, get stuck at the point of the low confidence and self-doubt well I think the, the turning point I think was that that realization that somewhere along the way I'd lost why I was doing it the fact that it was who I am instead of people pleasing and crowd pleasing and right I am right I, you know I am their acceptance I'm not their acceptance mm. so something that brought you back to yourself your authenticity and your why yeah yeah and to me it may not be the same for everybody but for me that was vital that was a really necessary thing to have happen mm. In fact, I think I wonder if, and this is what I often think about when we talk about sort of failure, success, et cetera, that if you didn't have that kind of failure, you may not have ever been put in the position where you had to dig deep enough to find out your why and that would have therefore kept your work perhaps at a more surface level or... Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Without Mm. those those periods of personal growth, our work stagnates. We need them. We need Mm. to be experiencing the... We need the rejections. We need the downs as well as the ups. That's where we find our balance. It's where Mm. we find our truth. And it's really, it's a long game, isn't it? You know, I often talk oh. about this. It's a long game. And yes. so, when you, when you, you know, you've got to, rejections over years yep. is a lot, but then spread out over years, you know, that's what you've got to expect. I think, I honestly think that, you know, the rejection rate, I mean, I think you've done incredibly well, even if you've counted up 40, 50 rejections. I mean, I actually think <laughs> you've done incredibly well because I don't know, I think my, my rate would be a bit higher than that. Um, and we've got to know how to handle it. And I think we do have to find out, for ourselves how to deal with with rejection and failure. We do. Yes, we, we have do. to know how to deal with it and and how to get ourselves through it and it's fascinating to hear your journey because clearly that's just um and I love the way that you've used that particular artwork then to keep reminding yourself of the process but you really found a way through that. Yeah, thank you. It's um definitely been a journey. I mean there's been plenty of other failures since but that was the most profound and life-changing as far as moving forward as an artist. Yeah, yeah real turning point. Well, look, yeah. we could talk more about your failures, but I think <laughs> that, that, that could be a special whole, whole special episode. Well, let's talk about our failures. But um, <laughs> I think you've been very generous just to, to share that one with us and I really feel that's going to resonate. It certainly does with me, but I, I think it will resonate beautifully with people, the lovely uh, listeners of our podcast. So I appreciate so much your uh, honesty and and willingness to kind of share a story like that, Kate. It's it's just beautiful, and I'm not surprised at all that you have this tremendous success. That seems to, you know, people talk about it's oh you're lucky, but actually you create luck, don't you? And I think you're a great example of that. Thank you. I've been look. It's my successes are my own, but then the, some of the artists I've I've got around me, I, I wouldn't be anywhere near as successful as I am without them. I'm lucky that I've got such an incredible group of artists to work with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just—they're so supportive. Like seriously, there's the times when I'm just like the computer dies, or it's like I can't get online, or I've got screaming children that haven't been fed in three days. It's just <laughs> they are there, you know. Like they—they they treat me like I'm their. I mean, we're friends. We're friends, yeah. you know. We have a rapport that we've developed, and it's an amazing thing. I feel so privileged. Yes, yeah, and look, that that comes back to the whole thing about community, isn't it? And I believe artists 
Absolutely. We need community more than anyone because it can be an isolating, confusing kind of thing for long periods of time when you're when you're a creative person with whether you're writing right. or or filming or whatever you're actually creating. I think it can be very long periods where it's quite isolating and confusing. So community is just so vital for us and I totally get that. And community with like-minded people, there's nothing better. Oh, I know. I had actually had two of the artists, Liddell Quinn and Kellyanne Love, both fly down from their states, which is one's in South Australia and one's in New South Wales, fly, actually fly down to help me establish House Creative. It was just like, oh. just mind-blowing. You know, they had no, they had absolutely no reason within themselves to do it, but they were just, just incredible humans. Oh, that's just beautiful. What a gorgeous story. I know, story. right? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you certainly deserve that. I do think it's not luck. I think it's what you create and it's your generosity that, that's just coming back to you. I can I can see that. I don't know if you can see it from the inside, but I can certainly see it from the outside here. So, Kate, it's been fabulous to, to talk to you. Um, clearly there will be people, I think, interested in what you're doing both down in Tassie in Devonport uh, in the hands-on sort of space but also online and I think it's, it seems the straightforward way to go through the Facebook group uh, yes. to find you. Is that the best way? Can they go that way and then message you? Is they can, the I, they can message me like direct to Kate Von Rock. They can go to um, House Creative and message me that way. I, either way is fine. They can contact me, and I'm happy. I'm really happy to talk to anyone who's looking for um, information or guidance, or just wants to have a chat about what they're doing. I'm open awesome. to everyone whenever. It's fine. It's what I do. Awesome, awesome. So once again, it's Von Rock. So that's V O N R O C K. Yep. Uh, and House Creative is H A U S. Yes. C R E A T I V. That's it. House yep. Creative. House, House. Creative. Fantastic. And we'll put some links in our show notes uh, in addition to what we've already talked about here so people oh, can track you down and celebrate uh, the successes with you uh, and hopefully become involved to support the beautiful work that you're doing for all of us artists in the world. And we're very, very grateful for that and I'm tremendously grateful to have the time and opportunity to talk to you, Kate. Um, I've loved watching your journey and how things have been growing. And I certainly look forward to some opportunities that we, in fact, might have together uh, coming oh, up too. quite soon towards the end of this year. I think there's some very interesting things for my gorgeous Art Activator crowd, my gorgeous artists that are coming along in the Art Activator program and looking at exhibiting. And so watch this space because... Once you put Kate and I together, there is going to be magic that happens, I can guarantee it. There is. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Oh, I think it's going to be great. So um, we look forward to more collaboration with um, Von Rock Auctions, House Creative, and, of course, your beautiful self. And I do suggest people check out what you're doing, uh, particularly online, and if you are swinging by Tasmania, maybe wait until, what do you think, November, December, when the weather's half decent. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I went down in September last year and it was freezing. I thought September might be okay, it's spring, but no, No. it was bitterly cold. Yes, it will be. September, end of October maybe if you're lucky. Okay, okay. Kate, thanks once again and um, I very much look forward to um, collaborating with you further and wish you all the very best in all the wonderful work that you're doing. Thanks for having me, Felicity. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.